Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host this podcast. Well, happy Christmas Eve everybody. I hope we're all having a lovely Thursday and um, you've all got your Christmas shopping and everything done. Um, I know here in Calgary just yesterday, I'm recording on Wednesday, so Tuesday, we had a huge jumping of snow. Absolutely massive. Um, to the point where I was walking in it and it was close to being up to my knees. Um, there was car crashes everywhere. People couldn't even get out of their houses. There was so much snow. Um, and I'm pretty sure in my last few episodes I was really worried that we weren't going to have a white Christmas. And now we do. So I'm very happy about that. So yesterday we were all housebound. Um, and then my brother and I, we, went, we walked over to um, the shop Save on Foods and... We just picked up some stuff and um, lucky enough my boyfriend was coming home. He managed to get out of the house but he couldn't even make it to his work that he was going to. There was just too much snow and he has a huge truck and they couldn't even make it up the hills or anything so it was crazy. And lucky enough he was heading home from that and he come he came and picked us up so we didn't have to walk back because it was actually really tough to walk him. I didn't realize that when we had left like cause outside our house all the footpaths had been shoveled. And then by the time we walked over to Savon Foods, it was like still like really thick snow. So we had to like kind of trample through it to get there. And it was like, usually it's probably about like maybe a 10 minute walk and it probably took us like double the time. <clears throat> so uh, my brother Kyle was not impressed by that at all. And then we all kind of sat in the hot tub while it was like still kind of lightly snowing and we had some beers. We ended up getting drunk in the hot tub because like we hadn't ate dinner yet and um, course when you're sitting outside in the fresh air but then you're also sitting in like roasting hot water you know your blood starts to thin and all of a sudden you know you're drunk after two beers so um that had happened and today we're all just kind of getting ready I went to go uh, meet my friends in a parking lot my co-workers um we kind of exchanged some like I made some buffalo chicken cheese dip and they made some goodies so um shared that with them and then um, tonight we're all just probably going to be hanging out. Tomorrow we're doing a cocktail party with my family. So there's seven of us who live in my house. Chris and I in the basement, my brother as well, and then everyone else is upstairs. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to do a cocktail party. And my cocktail is going to be, well, me and Kyle are going to be sharing because Kyle wouldn't really know how to do it. So um, we're going to be doing a Grinch cocktail. Um, so I'm really excited about that. It will be pretty good. Um, not sure what everyone else is making yet. It's kind of a surprise. And we're going to attempt to get all dressed up. We don't know yet. Maybe we'll, we won't get dressed up because we'll hang out in the hot tub and stuff. But and then we're going to order a curry from this Indian restaurant behind my house. Um, that's kind of our thing for tomorrow. And then, of course, watch all the Christmas movies. We'll probably end up having to have a nap after the curry. And we're going to order it like really early. We're going to order it like two o'clock and like that will be like our dinner. Um and probably have like a nap after that so we can revive ourselves from all the drinking um and then tonight actually um i'm hoping to go surprise one of my really good friends um daniel and um yeah give him a little christmas present so i texted his brother trying to plan it because he works shifts at like a grocery store so i'm just gonna drop him over something for christmas um but yeah 
that's kind of in my life recently. Um, I did want to read out to you guys some of the stuff that people I posted. Um, if you follow me on my on my Instagram, um, Murder on Her Mind podcast, I posted on there to see like what people would like do if they were struggling, you know, um, with just being in lockdown and whatnot. So a lot of people replied back to that. So. <clears throat> I wanted to read out some of the things because I know, sorry, there's, I don't know why I keep um, doing that. It's so, my, my boyfriend always laughs at me when I do that, when I'm, um, when I have like a little tickle in my throat, I'm like, <clears throat> like an old man, or like a smoker or something. Um, and of course I have no water, I just tried to take a sip of my cup, but there's nothing in it, it's great. Um, so I'll read out some of the ones here. So this is from one of my um, friends, Lorna. She says, honestly, I love jigsaw puzzles. It really helps me take my mind off everything for a few hours. I've seen a lot of people do jigsaw jigsaw puzzle jigsaw puzzles, and honestly, I kind of want to do that myself. Um, like I can see the kind of appeal to it. You know, it's like it just kind of keeps you focused and you keep putting one piece on at a time. <clears throat> and then another one of my friends, Freya, she said spa Sundays. I have a bath, do my face, do my hair ma- do my hair mask, face mask, and do my nails. So kind of doing like a whole like self-care ritual, which is also really good. And I did that, I think it was on Monday night, it might have been. Um, put a face mask on. I put, or maybe it, it could have even been Sunday. I honestly can't remember. Maybe it was Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so confused all days of the week right now, being off for so long. But um, I did like a face mask from Peach and Lily, I think it's what it's called, the company. And I got, um, I painted my nails. I have all like my nail stuff at home with me from work. So I gave myself like a naked manicure and um, the treatment in that is really good. It's supposed to really help your nails grow and be strong. So I love that. And then another one that Freya recommended was I also force myself to go outside every day mostly for walks now I think that is a huge one I think that is so so important to do um go outside get some fresh air go for the little walk even if it's just in your garden sitting there I know it's snowy here and it's probably cold in the UK or it's cold in Ireland or wherever you are in the world I just think it's good to make the effort we all have coats we all have shoes get out there put a hat on and go get some fresh air and take your mind off things. Leave your phone at the, at the door and just walk around and just be alone with your thoughts. I think it's such an important thing to do and just to get your, it gives you, it gives yourself some sort of like a routine. You have to get out of your pajamas. Like you have to get up and get something warm on you. So <clears throat> it's perfect. And then another one of my friends here, Olivia said, it's good time to discover development hobbies. Uh, keeps the mind occupied and passes the time uh, my friend Jenny meditating and upping the self-care routine oh yeah I've been updating my or upping my skincare routine to the absolute mask uh, mask max <clears throat> um, it really really is key I think right now and if you're a guy listening to this there's different things too you can do for yourself like even if you do wash your face or if you don't wash your face maybe start making that a habit and take time to do your hair like you know there's so many things have a longer shower for yourself take your time have a bath clip your nails every man needs to do all those things too just as much as the next woman i'm not good at it either like i never do my nails like i'm an awful example of an esthetician like 
<clears throat> there's times where I'll be like so high maintenance, like literally cake face, lashes, brows, fake tan. Oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna do tonight. I'm gonna do my tan. I'm doing um, some fake tan tonight. <laughs> just so so excited about that. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. And then there's other times where I'm like, nope, couldn't give a flying fuck. Like today, I literally look like I've rolled out a rubbish bin. Like I just look dreadful. I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with it. My nails aren't done. You know, I have pimples on my face. Whatever. It doesn't. Who cares? No one's seeing me, anyways. Um, uh, one of my other friends, Magda, she replied, painting. Bought some cheap watercolors and looked on Instagram and I, she found, oh, sorry, hold on. Brought, bought some cheap watercolors and look at Instagram and YouTube. Haven't painted since high school. So she must mean that she like looks for inspiration <clears throat> on there. I also tried to cook meals that I've never made before that take longer, kills time and distraction, feels good. That is also very true. I have been trying to experiment with like, diff I love cooking. I'm a huge foodie. I really enjoy it. Um, it really relaxes me and I love going out and um, just being able to, you know, find the ingredients and cook something. And, um, you know, my love language is definitely people who tell me how they feel about like something that I've done for them so when I cook something I love when people tell me that it tastes nice because that's what makes me feel like loved or you know if I'm if I um, did a small gesture or um, whatever it may be like the biggest thing is when I cook or when I clean like if Chris comes home he's like oh my god like the house is so clean like that is like him showing me that he loves me a lot <clears throat> and everyone has like different like um ways of like showing affirmation and if you don't know what that is like it's your, your love language essentially so there's gift giving there's um, physical touch there's um, oh, what's it called it's like special time I'm blanking on what the actual name is quality time it's special time that sounds like you're having sex um, there's yeah words of affirmation which is mean it's like you know people telling me stuff and or like I'm the same way as like if I'm going to my friends I'm like oh thank you so much I had such a great time like I make sure to text them or it was really nice meeting you or whatever um and then I, there's another one there is acts of service and gift giving um Chris is definitely an active service kind of guy he would if he was like you know oh I'm gonna replenish or pour in some extra windshield wiper fluid to my car he like this is me showing like how much i love caitlin like to the absolute max like she is gonna know this because this is my way of showing her i love her whereas i'm like oh like thanks <laughs> like it's just like it's just i'm like okay like whereas uh, it'd be very different so <clears throat> um if you are interested in that look it up five love languages and you can do the test um, there's lots of tests, free tests online, and I think it's really important when you're in a relationship to know those things because um, before I wouldn't have known that that was Chris's way of like showing that he loves me. Like I remember one Christmas he wanted to buy me like new windshield wipers, and I was like, um, mm, no. It's <laughs> like I want makeup. I was like, I don't want practical things. He wants practical things for Christmas, and it just like made me laugh. And like I remember, like my whole family was like, "Oh, like it was our first Christmas," and he was like, "Oh, like would you like some windshield wipers?" Or like, and obviously, like I would be grateful either way. But like, you know, it was just like so funny. My parents were, like shaking their heads, like in like a laughing way, like, "Oh, Chris, you have so much to learn yet." Like, just kind of like a funny, playful way. But <clears throat> so yeah, words. Um, sorry 
saying words of affirmation five love languages is what it's called the love language test so um there's just two more here that people recommended to me so my really good friend kevin he is the one that created the cover for my podcast um watching sitcoms to make me laugh and to forget about the world schitt's creek schitt's creek is really great for it schitt's creek is an amazing show absolutely brilliant the mom from home alone um moira no that's her name in the show uh oh god what the hell is her name something is it Catherine o'hara something o'hara she's the mom from home alone anyways um and she's also the mom in schitt's creek in the mom in schitt's creek um brilliant show it's actually all filmed in ontario too so it's filmed in canada um but it's widely known across the world and eugene levy's in it and dan levy and i don't know the other girl's name because i'm terrible at the names um and then my friend isis replied and she said lots of art projects to keep me busy and art, honestly art um when i did my tarot card reading a lot of people said not a lot of people the girl said to me she was saying that you know your right hand needs to be more creative and you need to find like a way to be like more artsy and or creative in a way to kind of like feel it out of your body and it was so true like I definitely have been like lacking in that for a little while and it's kind of what pushed me to do my podcast but um I mentioned before that I also have this little caravan that I'm going to be building um and I love drawing as well like I love all that stuff I love taking pictures I love building things. I love being creative in that sense. Like I love coming up with stuff like ideas and I love decorating my house and changing things around. Like I really love that stuff and I love to be creative and it's, um, and not everyone is. And I think it's okay to realize that you have like some sort of a gift and it's not tooting your horn and it's not um, being um, snotty about it or whatever. It's just, yeah like some people see things differently and you should be grateful that you have that gift and not to ever play it down um you know if you're good at something you're good at something and that's that and if people tell you you are take it as a compliment and thrive off that like take that compliment and realize don't ever shut it down like i find with like irish people too especially we find it so hard to take compliments like if someone tells me like i look nice i don't say like thank you i say oh i got it from here like i find it so hard to just be like oh thank you so much because i feel like i'm just being so like self-absorbed in a way like i'm like oh god but i love telling people that i'm every single one of my clients or even clients will walk by here going to see someone else in the beauty parlor i'm like oh my god i love your outfit like i love what you're wearing oh i love your glasses i love your hair i love your shoes i love 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 to compliment people because i really want to know like where they get their stuff and i i'm also just like I love to just compliment people because I love when I get complimented too but I never know how to take it never ever know how to take it but um one of my co-workers actually was telling me that the other day she was like Caitlin like I always hear you complimenting people like constantly and I'm like that's always nice like a random person I remember one day I was walking to work one day I was actually not walking I was on a scooter one of those like lime scooters the electric scooters and I was stuck at a, like a crosswalk and the girl next to me, she was like, hey, like, I just want to let you know I really, really like your outfit. And I was like, oh my God, like that has just made my day. Like it was just so simple. And we shouldn't be weirded out when people do those things because first of all, it takes a lot of confidence for someone to say, to compliment a stranger, even if you're not a stranger, if you're just someone you know. Um, and second of all, to take it and be like, yeah, you know what? I do look good today and I, I'm, I'm happy with how I look and I love my outfit so there's my little roundup of spiels um i don't think i have any updates um i will not be posting um anything 
until probably like after Christmas, um, just because I love spending time with my family and I'm not, I'm not going to stick to that. I might end up posting something if I have time, but I know we're going to be probably like going out like winter camping and um, just going out and doing stuff with the fam or being busy around the house and maybe go out to the mountains a few times. I know my mum might have got something for Chris. Um, she got him a snowboarding pass so he's not here and he won't know because this is coming out tomorrow and he hasn't even been caught up here with my episode so <laughs> I can say this but um, yeah so we'll probably be heading out to the mountains so I probably won't be coming out with an episode in the next few days or weeks but um, it's Christmas and I don't feel guilty about that and I absolutely love Christmas and I was even on like the phone to my therapist yesterday and I was she's like okay like you because I do she does it's really cool she sends me a questionnaire every single time right before my uh, my therapy appointment and it's the same question every single time but I can never remember what all the questions are like what I answered but it's funny because each time she's like oh like this time you know since two weeks ago when you were here she's like your um your stress level seems to be higher or then sometimes it might be lower and it's just based off the questions that I answer and I <clears throat> There's like always, it's like strong disagree, disagree, um, sometimes, um, frequently, whatever. It's all those types of different answers. And I never actually know like what I am actually going to be like feeling until that day. And so the yesterday she was like, yeah, your stress levels seem to have gone down immensely. And I'm like, yeah, because I love Christmas. And like, I felt like I didn't even have anything to talk to her about because I was just like so happy about being off and like we had such a good day here at the family and stuff. So yeah anyways that is all i have to report to you i hope you all have an amazing christmas and a happy new year um you all deserve it i know 2020 has been tough but 2021 is going to be fucking amazing i can't wait for it i can't wait for it to have in store anything is better than what has happened in the last few months um being laid off having a very very minimal not even paycheck um just ei reports coming in and you know all these different things my dog passing away but a lot of good things come out of 2020 at the same time um lots of camping i got to go out to the island i got to spend amazing quality time with my boyfriend um i got to spend quality time with my friends even though we're like you know camping in the middle of a pandemic but we were trying to keep our distance and behave ourselves as much as possible um and just being able to see beautiful parts of this country that i haven't got to see before um and taking up different hobbies and being able to create this podcast i definitely don't think i would have been able to do it if covid didn't happen um buying my treadmill so i could take up running again there's a lot of good things that have come from it just as much as bad things um and a lot of good things that would have come from it if covid didn't happen so think about that today when you're listening to this podcast sure you might have a shitty time you might even lost family members like i did to covid but you also got to think about what are some really, really amazing things that happened. And they could be small, tiny things, small, teeny, tiny things that happened that might not have happened if COVID didn't exist. Um, I'm also very happy that I got to go to the UK and Portugal before COVID happened to see my grandma because it's been really tough knowing that she's been feeling so lonely in the UK right now. And it's, just, it's just sad, really. For all old people, it's just horrible. Anyways, okay, I'm going to start rambling on again. Have a very Merry Christmas. Please stay safe. I hope Santa Claus is good to you. Um, Whether what religion you are in or anything like that, I just hope that 
um, you all have an amazing Christmas and the time off and spend it with your family eat food drink smoke your weed do whatever the fuck you want I don't care do it and have have a good time while you're at it um please don't forget to rate review subscribe and hopefully you'll be hearing from me in the next few weeks but anyways enjoy listening okay so for today we are going to be doing the solder family mystery um i had just kind of stumbled across this i was looking up stuff that happened around like christmas and um like murders obviously that had happened around christmas or you know any kind of true crime story um this one came up and i thought it was quite appropriate because this episode's going to be coming out on christmas eve um and uh this happened on christmas eve this story i'm about to tell you um it is absolutely insane i've never heard of it before until i was doing this research into it and it just seems super cool and um i kind of got like most of my information off of youtube and then i found this um article that i will tell you um god what the heck is it called i have it actually right here i can tell you um but it was just on this website um smithsonian um mag.com so that's where i got the whole entire story from um that i kind of like got like more kind of details into it so let's get into it because this is going to be a long episode right so for nearly four decades anyone driving from the route 16 near fayetteville west virginia in the state could see a billboard bearing the grainy images of five children all dark-haired and solemn-eyed, their names were and ages were presented on the billboard. Maurice, who was 14, Martha, who was 12, Louis, who was 9, Jenny, who was 8, or that could be Louis. Maybe it's Louis. Louis, 9, Jenny, 8, Betty, who was 6. Along with the speculation about what had happened to them. So Fayetteville, Fayetteville was only a tiny town and um, there was rumours just that kind of ran rigid around the whole town once this had happened to these kids um and it was more so rumor than evidence that kind of went along like with the whole story as well and no one agreed on whether the children were dead or alive um what people did know was this that on christmas eve in 1945 george and jenny Sauter and nine out of their ten children went to sleep. Um, one of their eldest boys is away in the army. Um, at around 1 a.m., a fire broke out and George and Jenny and their four of their children escaped. But the other five were never seen again. So already that caught my eye, um, or I guess caught my attention when I was watching it on this documentary. Um, it was so crazy to me like that that could like happen. First of all, that have that many kids and then just that some of them were downstairs so they could, were lucky enough to get out. Um, George had tried to save them breaking in the window and George was the dad. Breaking a window to re-enter the house, slicing a, a, a piece of his skin from his arm. Um, he could see nothing to the smoke in the fire uh, which had swept through all the, whole, the, all the downstairs rooms, living room, dining room, kitchen, office and, and Jenny's bedroom. Um, and by this point too when he had been like looking in the house the whole staircase was engulfed in flames it was just engulfed engulfed what am i talking about you can tell i've been off for a few days i'm not used to being talking this much um he took frantic stock of what he knew but two-year-old sylvia 
um, whose crib was in their bedroom was safe outside, as was 17-year-old Marion and two sons, 23-year-old John and 16-year-old George Jr., who had fled the upstairs bedroom they shared. Um, they had, like, singed their hair, too, on their way out, which is, like, so just terrifying in itself to be able to get out. So he figured Maurice, Martha, and Louie, and Jenny, and Betty still had to be up there carrying in their bedrooms on either end of the hallway, separation the staircase that was now engulfed in flames. So um, what had happened was what I think is, is is also really scary that, you know, if there was four kids or five kids that were left up there, um, he would probably hear them screaming, even if there was, like, a lot of flames, like, he would have probably been woken up by their screams first rather than the smoke, um, or the parents in general, um, I think it's just so scary to even think of that immediately he's just like, okay, I can't even hear a thing, um, he raced back outside hoping to reach them through the upstairs windows, but the ladder he had kept propped against the side of the house was strangely missing. And now that ladder was there always, every single day. It never moved. And it was gone. The ladder was gone. Um, an idea struck. He would drive to one of his local trucks up the, up the house to climb on top of it to reach the windows. But though they were functioned perfectly that day before, neither of them would start now. Um, he ransacked his mind for another option. I just think that's like so crazy. Like all these things started coming up. Like, okay, I'll use my truck. Oh, both trucks that I have are broken down. Like, what are the chances? Like, um, he tried to scoop water from the rain barrel, but found it frozen solid. Five of his children were stuck somewhere inside the um, inside those, and he was ripping, whipping in ropes of smoke, and um, he didn't notice that his arm was still bleeding. And his voice was heard from screaming their names. His daughter Marion sprinted to the neighbor's home to call the Fayetteville Fire Department, but couldn't get any operator to response. To respond, a neighbor who also saw the blaze from a <clears throat> from a distance um, had made a call to the nearby tavern, but again, no one had a- answered the phone. So this is just causing pure, pure panic. Um, I think that's like probably one of my biggest fears about even like sleeping in the basement is if there's ever a fire and I know like people think the basement's like probably one of the best places because smoke rises and if it was upstairs I mean I still think about it it's just absolutely horrific and like animals as well like one of my boyfriend's um friend's house went on fire and they were living together like him this buddy sorry not my boyfriend his buddy and another guy and the house went up in flames and the poor dog died it was awful like that is absolutely awful like everyone was okay but the unfortunately the dog died which is so so sad um exasperated the neighbor drove into town to track down the fire chief fj morris who initiated fayetteville's version of a fire alarm a phone tree system whereby the firefighter phone um phoned another who phoned another um, the fire department was only two and a half miles away, but the crew didn't arrive till 8 a.m., by which point Sutter's home had been reduced in smoking pile of ash. Um, so this house was a log cabin. It was made of wood. And actually in the basement of the house was stocked with a whole bunch of coal. So it was just disintegrated into nothing um, instantly. Like it was an instant outburst of flames so george and jenny assumed the five children were dead but a brief search of the grounds on christmas day turned out no trace remains not even a human tooth was found nothing 
absolutely nothing was found and um I think that's very worrying when you feel that your five kids are upstairs and you can't even find one simple thing um now it is very possible that with such high heat um that maybe the bones could have like disintegrated into dust but at least you would find something now there was rumors that i was like reading that they found like a heart and something i think it was like one of the kids piece of clothing that would have been wearing to bed or something um but never told thought to like tell the parents that like so i don't believe it to be honest but anyways chief moore suggests that the blaze had been hot enough to completely cremate the bodies a state and you gotta think too like this is close to the 50s as well they didn't have the same investigating skills that people would have now nowadays um so they did the best that they could so a state police inspector uh, combed through the rubble and attributed a fire faulty wiring george covered the basement with five feet of dirt intending to preserve the site as a memorial the coroner's office issued five death certificates just before the new year attributing to the causes of death fire or suffocation but the Sodders had begun to wonder if their children were still alive george Sodder was born in okay here we go George Giorgio Sadu in Tula, Sardinia. Okay. And immigrated to the United States in 1908 when he was 13. An older brother who accompanied him to Ellis Island immediately returned to Italy, leaving George on his own. Um, so, and his, his wife as well was from Italy. Um, he found work in the Pennsylvania, Rail- Pennsylvania railroads carrying water and supplies to laborers just after a few years he moved to smithers west virginia smart and ambitious he first worked as a driver and launched his own trucking company hauling dirt for construction later freight and coal one day he walked into a local store uh, called the music box and met the owner's daughter jenny kipperani who had come from italy when she was three they married and had 10 children between 1923 and 1943 holy um and settled in Fayetteville, West Virginia, an apple chain town with a small but active Italian immigrant community. Um, the Sodders were said to the county <coughs> chief, one of the most uh, respected middle class families around. George held a strong opinion about everything from his business to current events and politics, but was for some reason um, reluctant to talk about his youth. He never explained what had happened back in Italy to make him leave. And so he shouldn't like. I, I love when people like try to like, just read into that, and it's like no. Some people just had to leave. Uh, the Sodders planted flowers across the space of their house, where their house had stood, and stitched together a series of odd moments leading up to the fire. There was a stranger who appeared at the home a few months earlier, back in the fall, asking for hauling for work. He mun- he meandered around the house, pointing to separate house boxes, and said. This is going to cause fire someday. Strange, George thought, especially since he had just had the wiring checked by a local power company, which pronounced it as fine condition. Around the same time, another man tried to sell the family life insurance, but became irritated when George declined. Your goddamn house is going to go up in smoke, he warned, and your children is going to be destroyed. You're going to be paid for the dirty remarks you've been making in Mussolini. George was indeed outspoken, versus like of the Italian dictator, occasionally engaging in heated arguments with other members of the Fayetteville's Italian community. At that time, he didn't take a man's threats seriously. 
So the older son, the older solder son, also recalled something particular. Just before Christmas, they noticed a man parked along the U.S. Highway 21, um, looking, watching at the younger kids as they came home from school. At around 12:30 on Christmas morning, after the children had dropped off a few presents around, everyone gone to sleep. The shrill ring of the telephone broke out, um, broke the quiet. Jenny rushed to answer it. An unfamiliar female voice um, asked for an unfamiliar name. There was like crazy laughter in the background and glasses clinking. And Jenny said, uh, you have the wrong number and hung up. And Jenny remembers the woman had a very, very strange laugh and it made her feel uncomfortable. Tiptoeing back to bed, she noticed that all the downstairs lights were still on and curtains open. The front door was unlocked and she saw Marianne asleep in the sofa living room and assumed to be that the kids were upstairs in bed. She turned out the la- lights, closed the curtains, locked the door and returned to her room. She had begun to doze asleep when she heard a sharp loud bang on the roof and then a rolling noise. Which, you know, on Christmas Eve, <laughs> I mean, this is the mom, so it's different, but on Christmas Eve you'd be like, holy fuck, it's fucking Santa Claus. Um, Jenny couldn't understand how five children can perish in a fire and leave no bones, no flesh, nothing. She conducted a private experiment burning animal bones, chicken bones, and beef joints and pork chop bones to see if the fire would consume them. Each time she was left with a heap of charred bones and knew what remnants of various household appliances that had been found burned out in the basement but still in, um, unidentifiable, unidentifiable. God. So that was one thing too that I noticed as well when she, like when they were talking about this um, was that even though this had happened they there were still like utensils that were still found that were in fine condition but yet like not one piece of human remain I don't know I don't know um, so an employee at the uh, crematorium foreign the bones remained after the bodies were burned for two hours at 2000 degrees their house was destroyed in 45 minutes. The collection of odd moments grew. The telephone repair man told the solders that their lines appeared to have been cut, not burned. They realized that if their fire had been an electrical result of faulty wiring, as the official report stated, then the power could have been dead. So how do you explain the lighting downstairs in the rooms? A witness came forward claiming he saw a man at the fire scene taking a block tackle used for moving car engines and could be the reason why George's trucks refused to start. Just like the, who and what and why? Like how on earth does this even happen? One day while the family was visiting the site, Sylvia found a hard rubber object in the yard. Jenny recalled hearing the hard thud in the roof and rolling around. George concluded that the Nuplin pineapple bomb of a type of warfare. Warfare. One day while the family was visiting the site, Sylvia found a hard rubber object in the yard. Oh, sorry. And um, I'm, I'm rereading my, my notes here. Um, and the reports came of sightings. A woman claimed to have seen a missing children peering from a passing car while the fire was in progress. A woman operating the tourist stop between Fayetteville and Charleston, some 50 miles west, said that she had seen children the morning of the fire. I served them breakfast, she told the police. Now, I mean, it's just like, how on earth do five kids go missing without being heard or seen or without one of them yelling? There's a car with a Florida license plate in the tourist court too, the woman also added. Um, 
Children's photos in newspapers said had been seen for four to five weeks after the fire. The children were accompanied by two women and two men of the Italian extraction, um, she said in a statement. I do not remember the exact date. However, an entire party registered at the hotel and stayed in a large room with several beds. They registered about midnight. So, this could be very possible that this was the case, but it's also very hard to know, you know. There's no security cameras, you know, it's just, it's not modern times. It's hard when these mysteries happen. And like, this is also known to be one of America's most unsolved mysteries, too. I'm surprised, it actually probably has been on all unsolved mysteries. I should look into that. Like, the older ones, not the new ones. I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to the children. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner. He turned around and began talking rapidly in India, uh, Indian Italian. <laughs> Fucking hell. <gasps> Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. I sensed that I was being frozen out, so I did nothing more and left early the next morning. In 1947, George and Jenny sent a letter about the case to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and received a reply from J. Edgar Hoover. Although I would like to be of service to the matter related to appearances of the local character and does not come from within investigative uh, jurisdiction of this bureau, Hoover's agents said that they would assist if they could come for permission of the local authorities, but then Fayetteville Police and Fire Departments declined the offer. Next, the solders turned to a private investigator named C.C. Tinsley, who discovered that the insurance salesman and threatened George with a member of the coroner's jury who deemed the fire accidental. He also heard a curious story from a Fayetteville minister of F.J. Morris and fire chief. Although Morris had claimed the remains were found, he supposedly confided the discovery of a, quote, heart in the ashes. He hid it in a, a dynamite box and buried it at the scene. Like, why would you fucking do that? What is wrong with people? Tinsley persuaded uh, Morris to show them the spot. Together they dug up the box and a straight local funeral director and poked and prodded at the quote heart and concluded it was beef liver untouched by the fire. <laughs> um, soon afterward the Sodders heard rumours the fire chief told others in the contents of the box had not been found the fire at all and that they burned beef liver and rubble to hope of finding any remains would um, help the family enough to stop the investigation. Over the next few weeks, or sorry, over the next few years, the tips and leads continued to come in. George saw that a newspaper of photo of school children in New York City was convinced that one of them was his daughter, Betty. He drove to Manhattan in search of the child, but her parents refused to speak to him. In August of 1949, the Sodders decided uh, to mount a new search of the fire scene brought to Washington, D.C., pathologist named Oscar B. Hunter. The excavation was thorough. And covering several small objects, um, damaged coins, partly buried, uh, burned dictionary, and several shards of vertebrae. Hunter sent the bones in um, to the institution, which issued the following report. Um, now, this report is so, I think it's quite detailed for the time. Um, the human's bones consist of four Luber vertebrae belonging to the individual. Um, since the transverse recesses are refused, uh, the age of the individual at the death could be 16 or 17 years old. At the top limit of the age should be about 22 since the centra, which is normally fused at 23, are still unfused. On this basis, the bones show greater skeletal malnutrition and would expect for a 14-year-old boy, the oldest missing solder child, 
It is, however, possible, although not poor, uh, probable, for 14 and a half year olds to show 16 to 17 um, nutrition. The vertebrae showed up no evidence that they had been exposed to fire, but reports said it was very strange that no other bones were found allegedly carefully, um, careful ex- excavation of the basement in the house. Nothing that the house reportedly burned for about half hour or so. It is said that, quote, uh, one would expect to find the skull skeletons of five children rather than only four vertebrae. The bones report to conclude were most likely to supply dirt George used, sorry, the dirt of George used to fill the basement to create a memorial for his children. Um, the institution's report prompted two hearings at the Capitol in Charleston after Governor Oki L. Patterson um, stated to the police superintendent W.E. Burchett um, told Sauters that the search was hopeless and declared the case was closed. Undeterred, George and Jenny um, erected the billboard on Route 16, passed out flyers offering $5,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of their children. They soon increased the amount of $10,000, which is a lot of money for the 50s. Like, that is so much money. Um, it's even a lot of money in nowadays. Um, a letter arrived from a woman in St. Louis saying the oldest girl, Martha, w- was in a convent there. Another tip came from Texas where a patron in the bar overheard the incriminating conversation of a long-ago Christmas Eve fire in West Virginia. Someone in Florida claimed that the children were staying in the distant relative of Jenny's. Um, George traveled to the country to investigate each lead, always returning home with no answers, which is so, so sad. In 1968, more than 20 years after the fire, Jenny went to the mail and found an envelope addressed only to her. It was postmarked in Kentucky, but had no return address. Inside was a photo of a man in his mid-twenties. On its flip side, cryptic handwritten note read, Lewis Sauter. I love Brother Frankie. Illis Boys. Eight nine. Sorry. Letter A ninety one thirty two, or thirty five. She and George couldn't deny the resemblance of Lewis, who was ninth time of the fire. Beyond the obvious similarities of dark curly hair and dark brown eyes, they're the same straight nose. They had the same upward tilt of eyebrow. Once again, hire a private detective to send him to Kentucky. They have never heard from him again. And to this day, this has literally never been solved. Sorry, you can probably hear my family upstairs just jumping around. It's ridiculous. (laughs) This is the trouble now. That's why I won't be recording over Christmas because it's too hard to bloody do it when they're home. They're just so, so loud and there's never peace and quiet. And there's no room in the house that you can't hear them. (laughs) <laughs> so my apologies um but yeah and to this day it's never been solved and i just think it's such a crazy mystery that fucking five kids went missing five kids from upstairs in a house not like they were sleeping downstairs and they got taken out through a window they were upstairs in a house i do not believe that the fire killed them um to me that just doesn't make sense whatsoever but anyways <laughs> that is the story of this solder children mystery um i can't wait to post the pictures of this because i think it's quite crazy um but yeah do some more research into it guys it's a really really cool story um and i hope you enjoyed it and please don't forget to rate review subscribe and again have a very merry christmas and a happy new year 
and I hope you're treated well and stay good to yourself and be kind to yourself and um yeah thanks so much for listening bye bye